0: We continue our look at North American racing this week on Inside Motorsport. I hope you'll stay with us. Jacob Black returns, and Jacob, uh, last week we were talking about a whole bunch of things, including Rolex 24, which once again was a fantastic race. We didn't get a chance to talk about the two main series, IndyCar and NASCAR, and, of course, this year's IndyCar series is dominated by one race, the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500. And, of course, a few weeks ago on the show, we heard from Brett Murray and Matthew Brabham, who will be having an all-Aussie tilt at this uh, grand racing event, how has that been received by the the motorsport world up there in North America?
1: I think it's I think it's been received really positively. I know that Matthew Brabham really turned heads when he was racing in, in Indy Lights and in the the feeder series in the Mazda Road to India, and you know definitely a driver with with immense talent. So I think people were really keen to see him in the main show as it was, and crushes. As well-known in North America and in IndyCar paddock circles, certainly as he is in on the Gold Coast, I think, he's, he's definitely a, an industry character is probably a, a fair way to describe Crusher. And I think people are excited to see that team come together. They're partnering with KV Racing. KV Racing's got a very good pedigree. They won in 2013, obviously. So I think it's something that people are excited to see and it'll be interesting to see how Matty Bratton can, can you know hold himself out and in the main game,
0: the rest of the IndyCar series—it's a very compacted series now. It seemed quite successful last year, and the feeling, though, was that uh, by condensing the calendar so much, that a lot of guys, a lot of mechanics, and everything, actually lost their jobs at the end of the season because it was so long until they were needed again.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the case. I think that there's a—it's a really hard balance to strike. There's a lot of competing interests now. There's a lot of opportunity for people to use their eyes and their wallets in different places and motorsport like a lot of other sports is is feeling that. Short calendar definitely had an impact on people's livelihoods, it definitely had an impact on the series ability to, to stay current and stay top of mind and I think that it's, it's fortunate that this year is such a banner year for the Indy 500 because it gives a little bit more juice to talk about in the off season and you know we talked about Matty Brabham and and there's been a couple of announcements like that that have been really exciting, that have that have sort of given us something to talk about in the off-season.
0: Mm, of course, uh, early February, first week of February, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is having their media launch of the 2016 season. And it'll be interesting to see how they're going to build the rest of the year around the 100th running of the 500. Because, uh, as I said, that's going to have so much focus on it. You might, you might be scared that, the rest of the races just will uh, be uh, very per se in in comparison.
1: Yeah, I think that's the risk. Whenever there's a, a banner event that comes in the middle of the season, I know VA Supercars, you know, has had that issue as well with the Bathurst 1000. It was, it's really about managing it well. And, um, you know, I think the idea behind compacting the season so much was a little bit to try and, end on a high to try and make sure that it didn't fizzle out as the year dragged on after the Indy 500 last year but I don't know if that was really the right response I don't think that fans liked it I sort of I know that I'm I'm, I'm missing my IndyCar car fix so it'll be interesting to see how it goes but it's it's a difficult thing to to manage there's a lot to You know, there's a lot of costs involved with going a longer season. There's a lot of logistics and and there's a lot more competition that you run into in that part of the year and that's what IndyCar was particularly afraid of.
0: Mm. IndyCar, though, still has a lot of free-to-air races. NASCAR, on the other hand, much like V8 Supercars, has lost a lot of its free-to-air racing where it's now back on pay TV. How has that impacted on the NASCAR series and and the NASCAR's uh, momentum, Jacob?
1: hard to say it's uh, cable packages are a lot more common in North America than they are in Australia so a lot of the uh, the attitude or a lot of the the sense of that you shouldn't have things on pay tv that things need to be accessible sort of isn't isn't as prevalent in people's minds here so a lot of people already had cable packages i think that people really expect to have to to pay to, to watch sport here in North America, and I don't think it's it's had as big an impact as you might have thought it would. It certainly, as an Australian, I was expecting it to really be a big drama, but it, it didn't seem to be for people. It was yeah, it, was, it didn't it didn't impact ratings as as heavily as I thought it would for NASCAR. Although it certainly has been used as a as a blame for some of the IndyCar fall off in recent years.
0: Of course, NASCAR goes into this season without one of its big stars, Jeff Gordon, uh, retiring from weekly competition at the end of last year. Is the loss of someone like Jeff Gordon going to be impacted in a sport that is that big?
1: I think it will, yes, because I think that a lot of the people that are fans of NASCAR are still uh, legacy fans. I think that, like all of us, there's a lot of people that, but it tune in week in, week out because of the loyalties that they developed as they grew up as kids. Um, NASCAR's done a good thing or the team's done a good thing or however you want to look at it by putting Chase Elliott in. Chase Elliott sort of fits a very similar mould to Jeff Gordon, so that might help ease the pain of, of losing him, but it'd definitely be a hit. Certainly they'll be in a lot more strife if it was Dale Earnhardt Junior that was retiring, but it was you know, I still think that Jeff Gordon's loss from the sport will be, will have an impact. He's actually, my daughter's five years old and he's her favourite driver. So he was someone that reached across generations and his loss undoubtedly has to have some sort of impact. Mm -hmm.
0: And he was a mainstream figure as well. He would go on to, uh, I think it was the Regis and Kelly show when Regis wasn't there and co-host. He had had crossed over into the mainstream, much like a, a Craig Lowndes in Australian motorsport.
1: Yeah, very much so. And even now, after he's retired, he's still. I still saw him on the NFL coverage uh, on the weekend. He's still appearing on, on magazine-style TV shows, you know, in the mainstream. So Jeff Gordon's still a very, very popular figure and, and you know, you would say a household name in America. So, yeah, not having him in week in, week out in a car and not having people have that opportunity to go, oh, I've heard of that guy, and have a look is going to it's going to impact how many people sort of incidentally get dragged into watching a race of the weekend.
0: Another colourful racing identity, as it were, is Tony Stewart. He's been dogged with, uh, well, some pretty tough headlines over the last two years, Jacob.
1: Yeah, it has been a rough period for Tony Stewart. And, you know, we all know about the legal troubles. We all know about that incident at that sprint car race that that sadly ended in someone's death. And a, a lot of the blame that went, Tony Stewart's way that you know didn't play out when it was all when it was all investigated to its fullest extent, but that definitely had an impact. And Tony Stewart's been struggling for form and motivation, I think, and I think that's why we're going to see him him. That's why he's decided to, to bail out this season, and this will be his final full-time season in NASCAR, which might be sad for the sport and might have an impact as well. But I, I tell you one thing: I'd put money on him to win pole for the Daytona 500.
0: All right, we'll keep you to that one and check in after that second weekend in February. Uh, Jacob, just as we wrap up now, we've talked a lot about IndyCar and, of course, NASCAR. What about in Canada, where you're based now? What's the motor racing scene?
1: Really, domestically in Canada, there's there's a lot of, of club-level club racing, but there's not as strong a coherent national series as... as there is in Australia, for example, and definitely not as there are in America. A lot of Canadians go down south of the border. It's not difficult to get down there and, and get into a drive. So a lot of Canadians are racing down in the USA instead of racing in Canada. There's some really intriguing series, sort of local series. There's one that's based in Quebec, where they it's a one-make series for Nissan Micras, and they won the Nissan Micra Cup, and they've run it support for the... Uh, for the Formula 1 Grand Prix at Mont- at uh, Montreal, so that's a pretty interesting little category, but a lot of Canadians run in things like the Pirelli World Challenge and, and the GT Daytona class uh, in the IMSA series that we spoke about before that'll be raced, uh, raced at the Rolex 24-hour.
0: Well, Jacob, of course, people can catch up with your works at autos.ca or autotrader.ca, and- we look forward to catching up with you again in the near future. Thanks,
1: Greg. Thanks
0: a lot. Jacob Black joining us on Inside Motorsport. Until the next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.